Chapter Eight of the Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter Eight. A splendid pension. The Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo was followed by an extensive debomont which sent many thousands of sabres ringing back into their scabbards, some of them soon after to spring forth in the cause of freedom, calumniously called filibustering, others perhaps destined never to be drawn again using a figurative expression not a few were converted into spades and in this pacific fashion carried to the far shores of the pacific ocean there to delve for california gold while still others were suspended in the counting-house or the studio to rust in inglorious idleness a three years campaign under the sultry skies of mexico drawing out the war fever that had long burned in the bosoms of the american youth had satisfied the ambition of most it was only those who arrived late upon the field too late to pluck a laurel who would have prolonged the strife the narrator of this tale edward warfield Devant, captain of a corps of rangers was not one of the last mentioned with myself as with many others the great mexican campaign was but the continuation of the little war le petit guerre that had long held an intermittent existence upon the borders of texas and in which we had borne part and the provincial laurels there reaped when interwoven with the fresher and greener bays gathered upon the battlefields of anuak constituted a wreath exuberant enough to content us for the time for my part notwithstanding the portentous sound of my ancestral patronymic i was tired of the toils of war and really desired a spell of peace during which i might indulge in the dolce far niente and obtain for my wearied spirit a respite of repose my wishes were in similitude with those of the poet who longed for a lodge of some vast wilderness some boundless contiguity of shade or perhaps more akin to those of that other poet of less solitary inclinings who only desired the desert as a dwelling-place with one fair spirit for his minister in truth i felt a strong inclination for the latter description of life and in all likelihood would have made a trial of it but the interference of one of those ill-starred contingencies that often embarrass the best intentions 
a phrase of common occurrence will explain the circumstance that offered opposition to my will want of the wherewith to support a wife i had been long enough in the wilderness to know that even a dwelling in the desert cannot be maintained without expense and that however pure the desert air the fairest spirit would require something more substantial to live upon under this prudential view of the case marriage was altogether out of the question we de bon day were dismissed without pension the only reward for our warlike achievements being a piece of land scrip good for the number of acres upon the face of it to be selected from government land wherever the holder might choose to locate the scrip was far greater or less amount according to the term of the receiver's service mine represented a section of six hundred and forty acres worth in ordinary times a dollar and quarter per acre but just then on account of the market being flooded by similar paper reduced to less than half its value with this magnificent bounty was i rewarded for services that perhaps some day might be never mind thank heaven for blessing me with the comforting virtues of humility and contentment this bit of script then a tried steed that had carried me many a long mile and through the smoke of more than one red fray a true rifle that i had myself carried equally as far a pair of colt's pistols and a steel toledo taken at the storming of chapultepec constituted the bulk of my available property add to this a remnant of my last month's pay in truth not enough to provide me with that much coveted article a civilian's suit in proof of which my old undress frock with its yellow spread-eagle buttons clung to my shoulders like a second shirt of nessus the vanity of wearing a uniform that may have once been felt was long ago threadbare as the coat itself and yet i was not wanting in friends who fancied that it might still exist how little understood they the real state of the case and how much did they misconstrue my involuntary motives it was just to escape from such unpleasant associations that i held on to my scrip most of my brother officers had sold theirs for a song and spent the proceeds upon a supper in relation to mine i had other views than parting with it to the greedy speculators it promised me that very wilderness home i was in search of and having no prospect of procuring a fair spirit for my minister i determined to locate without one i was at the time staying in tennessee the guest of a campaigning comrade and still older friend 
he was grandson of that gallant leader who with a small band of only forty families ventured three hundred miles through the heart of the bloody ground and founded nashville upon the bold bluffs of an almost unknown river from the lips of their descendants i had heard so many thrilling tales of adventures experienced by this pioneer band that tennessee had become in my fancy a region of romance other associations had led me to love this hospitable and chivalric state and i resolved that within its boundaries i should make my home a visit to the land office of nashville ended in my selection of section nine township as my future plantation it was represented to me as a fertile spot situated in the western reserve near the banks of the beautiful obion and not far from the confluence of this river with the mississippi the official believed that there had been some improvement made upon the land by a squatter but whether the squatter still lived upon it he could not tell at all events the fellow will be too poor to exercise a preemption right and of course must move off so spoke the land agent this would answer admirably although my texan experience had constituted me a tolerable woodsman it had not made me a woodcutter and the clearing of the squatter however small it might be would serve as a beginning i congratulated myself on my good luck and without further parley parted with my scrip receiving in return the necessary documents that constituted me the legal owner and lord of the soil of section nine the only additional information the agent could afford me was that my new purchase was all heavily timbered with the exception before referred to that the township in which it was situated was called swampville and that the section itself was known as holt's clearing from the name it was supposed that the squatter who had made the improvement with this intelligence in my head and the title deeds in my pocket i took leave of the friendly official who at parting politely wished me a pleasant time of it on my new plantation End of chapter eight